You're just a lady looking for love on Tinder when you match with the son of a diamond mining billionaire. Sure, it's a little strange that the so-called Prince of Diamonds would be dipping his toes into the online dating pool, but you have a lot going for you. Why wouldn't he swipe right on you? And okay, so he needs you to open credit cards for him. And he needs to spend your money. It's hard being a billionaire sometimes. This is the story of Simon Levayev, the Tinder swindler. friends, I'm Katie, and this is Katie Does Crime. When Cecilia Falloy saw Simon Levayev's profile on Tinder in 2019, she was impressed by his flashy photos with expensive-looking watches and sunglasses and cars and planes. On their first date, they met at the Four Seasons Hotel for coffee, and the Israeli was immediately charming, a true gentleman. He claimed to be the CEO of LLD Diamonds. My dad's the king of diamonds, he said, and that means I'm the prince. Cecilia told him she had moved from a small suburb of Oslo, Norway, to London to work on her master's thesis, and had liked it so much that she'd just stayed. As they finished their drinks, he took her to the hotel lobby and introduced her to his team, a bodyguard, a business partner, and a secretary. They were there to take Simon on an errand in Bulgaria. You know, as you do. Cecilia said she had to work on her thesis, and Simon told her to work on the plane, the private plane. Cecilia was overwhelmed being on a private jet for the first time and said there was just such charisma to Simon, just something special. Could it be his billions of dollars? She assumed he was dating other women at first, but it seemed like he was always available to text when she was back home in London. I've never felt this way ever, Simon told Cecilia in a voice message. He was so reassuring, texting her things like, I love you, my future wife. When he wasn't able to be in London for her 30th birthday, he sent 100 red roses. And this was the first time in a while that she'd felt such feelings for someone who actually felt them back. Simon said he'd taken over the diamond business from his father and was so busy, but he always found time to send Cecilia video messages from the plane, giving her air kisses and telling her how much he missed her. But he also said that his competitors were angry about his success and had begun threatening him. A month after their first date, Simon said the threats were so serious that he couldn't visit Cecilia in London. But when she had to go back home to Norway for a seminar, Simon surprised her there, and that felt serious and real to her, like he was prioritizing them. The next day, he left her a voice message asking if she had an American Express credit card he could link to his account. His security team had advised him to use a credit card that wouldn't be under his name because his enemies could trace his whereabouts through his credit card transactions. And of course he'd pay her up front for his expenses. Cecilia just assumed that anyone who could afford to fly in a private jet could afford to pay her back, so she sent him a photo of her Amex. They were talking every day at this point, and even if the conversations were so boring when you read them as an outsider, the feelings, guys, the feelings. They met twice in Amsterdam in the spring, and Cecilia started going to open houses to look for an apartment for them to move into together. Then... Three months into the relationship, Cecilia suddenly got a text showing a photo of the back of Simon's bodyguard's head. The message read, blood. Now, this is where I would have tapped out of the relationship because I'm going to need you to use big boy sentences, but Cecilia is more understanding than I am and sympathetically asked for further details. Simon said the man had been attacked while they'd been in Denmark and sent Cecilia a video of the two of them in the back of an ambulance and then at the hospital. 
She was worried about what all of this meant, but felt like she should stick by him after all he'd given to her and done for her. Cecilia planned a lunch in Norway where all of her friends could finally meet him, a chance for them to not talk about money for a while and just be in love. Simon even talked to Cecilia's mother on the phone, and Cecilia hilariously, or, you know, very sadly, booked them a waterfront hotel in Oslo called The Thief. And then he just never showed up. But he still had the guts to ask for more money. Cecilia said she just wanted to make his problems go away, so when Simon asked for money and then more money, transferring it over to him just seemed like a given and worth it. She took out loan after loan, ten in total, knowing that Simon was good for it. But when the promises to pay her back kept being empty, Cecilia told Simon she was tired of the way their relationship had become 99% business. So he sent her a bank letter showing he transferred her $500,000, twice as much as the loan she'd taken out for him. Only, you won't believe this, the money never actually showed up. It was then that Cecilia was like, well, I've been had. She'd been swindled out of $250,000, but she said the worst part was finding out that her boyfriend wasn't her boyfriend. Cecilia felt brainwashed, but she gets that this was Simon's job, and he was a pro. The day after reporting Simon to the authorities in Norway and England and blocking him from contacting her, Cecilia got a voice message from an unlisted number. It was Simon telling her to watch out and that she couldn't just block him and think nothing would happen. Now, Cecilia had also handed over all of her texts and documentation to VG, Norway's most popular online newspaper, and they went to Simon's home country of Israel to try to locate him at the home where he grew up. At the door, they found mail addressed to Simon, in his real name, Shimon Hayut. They just happened to run into Simon's mother coming home, but she said she hadn't had contact with him since he was 18 years old. VG learned from the police in Israel that Simon had been charged for theft, forgery, and fraud in 2011 for cashing stolen checks, but escaped to Europe on a forged passport instead of showing up to court. Israel also attempted to try him in 2017, but he simply just didn't show up then either. He apparently did serve three years in Finnish prison for defrauding three women there, but he disappeared from the country when he was released on bail. At this time, Cecilia realized that one of her bank statements showed Simon using her money to buy a plane ticket for a woman named Pernilla Huholm. Fiji contacted Pernilla, who had sent Simon the equivalent of more than 45,000 US dollars in 2018, and she understood then that she was never going to get it back. Pernilla says that she couldn't have slept at night if she allowed anyone else to get swindled like she had, so she lured Simon to Germany to meet with her. Pernilla says it was so hard to have dinner with him as if everything was normal, knowing that some other poor victim was probably paying for that food. The surveillance video captured by VG shows the two of them laughing and looking glamorous outside of a hotel. She asked Simon that night for a guarantee that he'd pay her back, and he won her trust by giving her a very valuable watch. That, of course, later turned out to be fake. Pernilla says she now understands that he lives off of other people's money, but that as a friend, he was always kind and thoughtful with her. She confronted him over the phone a few days after their dinner in Germany, saying that she knew he'd defrauded other people. He immediately blew up at her, telling her that if she double-crossed him, she'd pay for it for the rest of her life. Fiji published their article exposing Simon, tipping off his then-girlfriend of more than a year, Eileen Kuman, who goes by Eileen Charlotte. He said that the article was just horrible lies being spread about him by his enemies, and that the other women were plants. With the rest of the world against him, he came to her for help, 
and Eileen played along, calling those other girls bitches. She'd lost $140,000 to Simon, so she said that to keep his head above water, she would sell suitcases full of his Gucci and Versace clothes, which were of course bought with stolen money, on eBay. And then, God bless this woman, she just kept the cash. Eileen posted a photo of herself on Instagram captioned, Yes, these are his glasses. Total goddess. So how did Simon finally end up in prison? Eileen discovered that he was flying to Greece under a new pseudonym, David Sharon, and alerted the authorities there. He was captured, extradited to Israel, and convicted for theft and fraud for using a fake passport. Simon was sentenced to 15 entire months in prison. But after five months, he was released for good behavior and as part of a program to keep fewer prisoners around so there'd be less of a chance of a COVID outbreak. Simon is now 31 years old and lives in Tel Aviv as a free man. But it's not all great news for the Tinder swindler. He and all of his known aliases have been permanently banned from Tinder. Poor guy. He reportedly started a consulting website, SimonLeviev.online, where he claimed to have made it all on his own to become a wealthy businessman. But as of right now, the web address leads to an error page. And after posting an Instagram message that read, Thank you for all of your support. I will share my side of the story in the next few days when I have sorted out the best and most respectful way to tell it, both to the involved parties and myself. Until then, please keep an open mind and heart. But then he deleted his account. As for the women he swindled, they have a GoFundMe that raised over 183,000 pounds to help reclaim some of the money they lost. But one critic said, no way I'd donate to this. I wouldn't trust them with any sort of money after watching that. Pernilla admits that she's always thought anyone who lets herself get swindled only has herself to blame, but she thinks there are probably many other women out there too embarrassed to admit that they were also taken advantage of. And you sort of have to hand it to the guy for devoting himself to the swindle. Can you imagine living a life where you're juggling women, stealing money from one to pay for a plane ticket for another? And where did those photos and video of Simon's bloody bodyguard come from? Was the guy beaten up just to add to the hustle? The director of the Tinder Swindler documentary on Netflix, who you also might know from the very excellent Don't F With Cats, said, Simon remembers everything, their birthdays, what they're doing at work, their parents. In the film, one woman gives him a book about dating Norwegians. And a couple of months later, when she turned up at his apartment in Amsterdam, it was on his bedside table. Impressive. And here's my favorite thing. After all of this news broke, an Israeli news channel interviewed Simon in his home. He said, I was wronged for things I never did. And when the journalist asked if he wanted to say anything to the actual diamond billionaire Leviev family, he said, I did not know there was a copyright to this family name. He then showed the camera around his luxury home with fresh flowers and gold vases, floor-to-ceiling windows, and framed photos with him and his model girlfriend throughout. They later discovered that it was an Airbnb. The guy just can't help himself. Thank you for tuning into my podcast. I'm just a true crime fan like you are, and I really appreciate you taking a chance on me. Please subscribe and tell a friend if you like spending this time together. I'd be so appreciative. Until next time, I'm Katie, and this has been Katie Does Crime.